This episode has been sponsored by MapHook. and welcome to the gray area where I dispense advice and give interviews on relationships between gamers. My name is Genesee Gray and this is the 17th podcast in a weekly series titled D4 and more. Last week's episode was a conversation with Xanthos and Goshen on their friendship and PVP abilities. Please visit www.genesee.com, the gray area homepage, and add to the forum discussion on this topic and to tell me your story. Today is Monday, May 16th, and this week we speak with Dave from GeekBits to talk about our recent podcast, Death D4 Dishonor, and his Dungeon & Dragons experience. Welcome to the show again, Dave. Oh, thank you very much for having me. Appreciate it. Welcome. It's always good to have one of you guys on. Before we get to the topic, uh, let's discuss the news of the week. News of the week. Uh, Gotham City Imposters is releasing a new first-person shooter where you get to be not the Batman or the Joker, but an imposter created by them. No date on when this will come out yet. The PlayStation Network comes back up 28 days or so later, and unlike that movie, this virus was indeed curable. Although we still don't know the long-term inconvenience it will cause, and needless to say, there will probably be a lot of updating this week for a lot of people. Uh, the Diablo 3 beta is in the final works and could be playable as early as July, so there are a lot of people that I think are really pretty excited about that, and uh, it should be pretty soon. So, Patch 1.2, the Spoils of War patch for Rift, is live, and it features a Looking for Group tool, a Cosmetic Appearance System, and 10-man Raid Slivers. This week, of course, we also recorded our first Dungeons & Dragons podcast with a whole new group of people, and I want to talk a little bit more about that, but let's get to you, Dave. What, sure. is, the, what is your news of the week? Anything new and exciting? Um, <laughs> nothing much other than uh, trying to read up on this whole uh, PlayStation Network thing, trying to figure out uh, what the true status of it is, if it's legit or if it's still in the works. Um, I saw that they're uh, coming out with, uh, or they're, their welcome back package, I guess, is uh, if if you're if you weren't a, a PlayStation Plus uh, subscriber, you get 30 days um, free. If you're a PlayStation Plus subscriber, you get 60 days free. Mm-hmm. Um, they're giving away uh, your choice of two downloadable games. Um, one of them is infamous or infamous. Um, I think there was um, little big. What is that? Little Big, Little Big something. Planet? Yeah, Little Big Planet. Um, Star, Stardust HD, Wipeout, and there's one other one I can't think of the name of right off the top of my head, but uh, you'll be able to download two of those for free. Um, however, you have 30 days to do it. They're given there for some reason they're given a 30 day limit on on being able to get this stuff downloaded. So. Hmm. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty much what their uh, what their what uh, PlayStation's blog said today. So, um, and there was a couple other miscellaneous things on there, but that was pretty much a gist of what they were offering. So, other than Little Big Planet, I don't think I've played any of those. Do you know? Do you know any of those games? <laughs> well, I, me being a computer geek from way back when, I was into Commodore Amiga real big, and before Commodore uh, before Commodore went away. There was a game that was actually released on the Amiga called Stardust, and it's pretty much a port of Stardust that was on the Amiga, except updated graphics and stuff like that. It's a blast. I mean, it's a lot of fun. It's it's pretty much you just fly around uh, the outside of a planet just shooting asteroids and stuff like that, kind of like an Asteroids-type game, but not. Okay. And, um, but that's, uh, that's really good. I've never played... Uh, I've never played Infamous. I haven't played Wipeout. Um... I've heard of Little uh, Big Planet, but I haven't played with it yet. Um, you should play with that. That would I, be very fun. Yeah, I I plan on getting that one because I've heard a lot of really good things about it. So I have one and two, but I assume this is probably one that they're giving away for. Yeah, free. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all the it's all their uh, the cheapy stuff that they've got out now. I mean, not that 
not that little big planet or infamous or any of those like that are cheap at all but i mean they weren't like people were like throwing out like oh grand theft auto 5 and or not grand theft auto <laughs> but grand turismo 5 and and stuff like that and i'm like uh, i doubt it okay well but, see i have to think about this though because what they're saying basically is that if you sign up for their playstation plus they'll give you 30 days free but that means yeah. that you have to give them your credit card info, credit card which is like the point of the whole yeah. thing was that you didn't want to ever give them your credit card info that, anymore. That is exactly right, yeah. So, so and... what? They're throwing you two freebie games. This is not <laughs> making me feel yeah. more secure. Exactly. It's like, hey, come on, guys. Nothing happened here. Give us your credit card numbers. Everything's good. Yeah. We robbed you once, and now we're going to come back and hit you on the head with a gun. Yeah. We gave you guys a, a year subscription to the, the credit fraud thing so you you got nothing to worry about it's like yeah. come on but they did say that the, the playstation store isn't going to be online for for quite some time yet so okay well see this weekend um i just got portal 2 thinking that you know it's for the ps3 thinking eventually i'll be able to use it on steam once everything gets ironed out but uh -huh. it's gonna be quite a while until that happens now huh yeah yeah from <laughs> the way it sounds anyway okay Okay, well, let's move on to Dungeons & Dragons. Um, it sounded like, just from the comments you've been making uh, during the episode and some other stuff, that you had played Dungeons & Dragons before. What is yeah. your experience with that? Um, I actually, uh, when I was little, I mean, like 10, 11 years old. <laughs> when uh, I was a lad of five. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, we used to go camping, and some of the kids, or the guys that I hung out with when I was younger, um, were quite a bit older than me, and they played D&D. And so they got me roped into it quite a long time ago, and I didn't really play it so much then as I'm as much as I watched it. But about the time I was 14, 15 years old, I started playing it, and I've been playing it ever since. Um, I, it's been a while since I played it um, recently, mainly just due to work and working on my house and stuff like that. But um, there's a group of guys here in town that I play with, and. Um, yeah, so I mean, we I haven't played version four because yeah, you're a little guys, bit down on four. Yeah, some of the guys got version four and we started reading up on it and stuff like that, and a lot of the changes we didn't really care for too much. So I didn't, I never bought the books. I mean, I got the the uh, leather bound three and a half or three point fives and stuff like that, and that's that's pretty much what we played. Okay. Uh, but uh, yeah, so. That's... I assume if you've already been playing, you know, that long and you knew all the rules, it would be kind of disconcerting to have, you know, it would take a long time, I would think, to the earlier versions, like three and stuff yeah. like that, to learn all of the, the ins and outs and then to have to have the newbies come in and say, we don't even need a math calculator. We can play just like, <laughs> look at my paper. Look exactly. at my dice roller. It adds it all in. <laughs> yeah, you're like... Yep. Yeah, it's and it's the, the, it's funny because when four came out, we were talking and uh, and a couple of the guys made a good point. I mean, we we loved three five. We didn't have any problems with it. We didn't and and a couple of the guys were like, "Why screw with something that's not broke?" Mm -hmm. You know, and I said, "I know why they do it. It's so they can sell more stuff." Of course. I mean, it's like it's like, oh well, you know, this is working fine. We're not going to mess with it. You know, it's like, well, let's change it up and and it's like the expansion packs and stuff. I mean. Why come out with expansion packs for a while to change it up a little bit, you know? That's right. But, I mean, we, we got to playing it, and I don't know if it was just the fact that we didn't really want to change over, and we all had the old 3-5 stuff. I'm not real sure. So It's hard for me to imagine that people get through all of the stories for a particular version you know like you could say version 3.5 oh you know i've played every campaign in 3.5 that, that would be incredible that's, to me to say to have well, someone that's done that well and it, it goes it all goes back to to playing with with seth being the dm the other night i mean for the most part he made up everything True. so as long as your brain works you're not going to run out of stuff <laughs> so and that's that's another thing i mean well, very, very rarely did we actually pick up a pre-made set, you know, like a pre-made story and play mm -hmm. it. Almost all the stories that we did were all in our head. I mean, the DM thought of them and we went that route. Oh, okay. So, so you just had a book that basically outlined the world and the creatures in it and then you made it up from there? Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I never thought of that. Yeah. Interesting. Well, see, we've played... I've played through... Um, 
we're we're playing Keep on the Shadowfell right now. That's the campaign we're running. Uh -huh. and, and I've run that campaign before with a different group. So I was a little bit concerned that I'd be going through and being like, oh, yeah, <laughs> this is the point where Calarel jumps out. And yeah, yeah, I know what's behind that door. You know, but so far yeah. it hasn't been like that. It's a very different game already. And we're only three hours in. Yeah. It, and that was like the other night when uh, when Opie said that, uh, or Bosk, he, when he said uh, he was looking at the, the monster manual. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you're cheating! You cannot look. look. He was trying to look it up. And, and I can understand kind of where Seth was coming from. Hey, you can't really look that stuff up. But then again, I mean, Seth is a DM. He could pretty much make him whatever he wanted. Right. <laughs> so it's yeah, like... He's too used to the MMOs where it's like, oh, I know this guy has 300 hit points. <laughs> Look, he's got 2% left. Keep going. No. Dungeons and Dragons is not like that. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. It's like I said, as long as you got a good imagination, that game, you can switch up that game pretty much however you want it. <laughs> so, and that's one of the that's one of the real reasons that I enjoy playing it because and it's like I told them too when when we were starting, I said this isn't wow. I said it's going to take a while. It's going to I mean, like I said, most of my uh, the most of the times that I played, we played on Friday nights. I would leave work, meet up with the guys in town, and most of us wouldn't even have eaten yet. I mean, we'll just sit down and start playing like six thirty, seven o'clock, and we'll play until one o'clock in the morning. And then when we're done, we'll go to Steak and Shake, you know. Mm -hmm. So, um, but it's it. And I told them that's like like I told them too. Also, with the first podcast that just went up, um, most of it. I mean, there wasn't even any fighting in it. Right, I mean, we never even got came, to the fight. Yeah, fighting comes next week, folks. Um, the um, story, I mean, some of the storylines and stuff that you run into, depending on what's going on, I mean, they could take upwards of two, two and a half hours, you know? So, I mean, I, I don't have a problem. I don't have a problem with, with stopping early and stuff like that, but I, I just hope they don't, like, we're not playing some night and nothing happens and they go, well, it kind of stinks. You know, if we only play for two hours or three hours or something like that, so. I suspect we'll probably do it in three-hour um, increments. And then, yeah. right now, we've already... The first episode was basically just character introduction. We all went through, you know, who we're going to be, what our motivations were, what's our story. And then the beginning of, okay, this is the town we're at. This is the major quest line. You can tell where we're going to go from here. And now we're moving out of town. And we just, we had our first battle in the second uh, episode, which is already recorded and, and ready to go. It's just not up yet. Yeah. So from now on, it's only going to be a downhill roll because, yeah. you know, we know where we're going and it's going to be more action and less talking. So yeah. if, if people that are more um, into different games besides Dungeons and Dragons can get through the first episode, I think they'll find it very exciting. Oh, yeah, definitely. And and the th we got started kind of late, too, because I was trying to print off my character again because I changed it and was having problems doing that. and. And everything else. So I think once once we get going, if we get started like at 9, 30, 10 o'clock, something like that, and play until midnight or 1, I mean, some of these guys stay on until 1, so... Yeah, I don't think it would be a big deal. No, not at all. But I thought it was kind of exciting because, uh, let's see, we had Matt, Dan, and Opie, and then you already played before, and I've already played before like a little bit. In the yeah. Show. So really three people that had never played Dungeons & Dragons before that were just sitting down for the first time. And a lot of them, especially Dan, were really, like, nervous about, yeah. you know, what, what what happens here? What what if this happens? You know, like, really concerned about you know, what the proper thing to do is. And I think now that the episodes actually happened, I think everybody's going to relax a lot more and, and really enjoy it more because I think they were a little bit nervous that yeah. they done this yeah, I think it was, I think they were just afraid that something was going to come up that they wouldn't really understand or know how to do. And I mean, as long as as long as you're listening, I mean, you're not gonna you're not gonna have any problem. Plus, it's like um, kind of Dungeons and Dragons for dummies. I mean, we're going through yeah. it like step by step. So yeah. even if anyone's never played before, I think they could listen to the podcast and understand what's going on because it's pretty self-explanatory. You know, we're asking the dumb questions. What's the modifier? What's that mean? What's this? What's initiative? You know, silly yeah. things that people... Yeah. So hopefully it'll be kind of a podcast for everyone that even if you're experienced or if you're brand new and you just want to kind of sit down and be a voyeur and just, I wonder what that's really like to sit down. Is everybody there like LARPing and, you know, wearing capes? Places? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like well, yeah. And another thing too is having a good DM. I mean, Seth was really good. Um, he, 
actually explained out everything really well. Um, you can tell that he's had much experience doing this because I've played with some DMs before that were just like, they just, just didn't explain anything and just expected you to know what was going on and stuff like that. And they, they it wasn't very fun. Or you'd have the ones that, you know, how we were like kind of cutting up and stuff in the middle of the podcast and stuff like that. Uh, we'd have some some DMs that were absolutely against anything that you were talking out of character. I mean, at, at all. If you were if you were in game, you were in game. Hmm. And it it that when you when you're playing like that, it's not very fun. So yeah, I think uh, I mean part of it is to try to get to know the actual people in the group and become better friends. And I think that's for me the appeal of the game of Dungeons and Dragons. It's like you get to know these people well enough that you feel comfortable letting down your guard enough to say, "I attack you, pow pow." You know, like you don't do that with people that you're kind of. Mm, I don't know, you know. You yeah, you don't know how they're going to take it, stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. So are you still friends with the people that you group with in town? Are they people that were friends with you first, and then you started playing, or how did that come about? Um, most of them, a couple of the guys I went to school with, um, a couple of guys that, yeah, I mean, all the guys that I, well, I can't say that because one of the last groups that I played with were. Two of three of the guys were uh, friends of mine previously, and then I went in and uh, met four guys that they were gaming with. So they, those four guys were were people that I had never met other when I started playing D anD. d So what was your group size? Um, it rotate. Sometimes it it differed. So one of the guys had he worked retail on his shift. He would get have to get called in, whatever. Um, but it was usually around eight. Oh, wow, that's large. Yeah. Is that unusual, or, or do groups usually go that way? Because I've only ever had, like, two or three, but, again, I'm always playing on Skype, and it's a very different thing than your usual typical group. Yeah. When I first started playing it with the guys that I used to go camping with, um, we'd play it on the weekend, and it was about four of us would play. Um, when I started getting into junior high and high school playing it and stuff like that, it started getting bigger. Um, we usually the biggest group that i ever played with was there were 12 guys and that was kind of that was kind of big um the eight group seemed like it was pretty okay i mean because a lot of there was a lot of stuff going on so it i guess it didn't seem like it was real slow um not that our group or anything sounded like it was slow but um it you got to interact with more people and you got to you seemed like you were doing more what do you think, um, with a group like that, I'd be concerned that it took a really long time just to get through an encounter because everybody has to take a turn and then they get their their actions. And by the time you're done with 8 to 12 people you know, making a move, it could be an hour and a half. Yeah, and there's there was, like I said, there was times where, where it, did, it did get drawn out. Um, but it all depends on, essentially, pretty much on the DM, how many... How many monsters is he going to throw at you? Is he going to go specifically by the book? Is he going to roll the dice for how many people are in the group? Um, stuff like that. For the most part, the DM that we were playing with, he kept it pretty low. So there was times where I'd go, where we'd come into some monsters. And if I rolled low, I didn't even get a chance to fight because they were already killed by the time we got done. Oh, I see. So. Okay. That's one of the things that is sort of odd for me when I end up, recording with the geek bits because i think there are five of you from four four of you and i'm used to just me and maybe one person or something like that on this show and w when there's like five or six people in a, in a group it's difficult to know when you can talk yeah yeah well that's and that's like i told them the other day too i mean we were sitting there and they were talking about how how much fun they're having with the with the way the podcast is going and uh, I said, yeah, I said, I, sometimes I feel like I don't even contribute because I just sit in the back and just like go, okay, well, they're talking, so I'll just listen to what they're saying. And then it goes on, you know, and not, I mean, I'll, I'll get my word in edgewise and stuff like that. But for, I don't even know, for like the past couple months, I'd say probably, I don't know, probably 10 or 15 episodes, they, they started, they go through Dan, this is Opie, this is Matt, blah, blah, blah. And then I throw in something goofy and 
And they'd be like, <laughs> Davis key grip 13 <laughs> and stuff like that. So it's it's just this ongoing thing with me because I came in late. There was a guy that uh, actually did the podcast with them. His name was Tim. And uh, he, if you listen to some of the earlier podcasts, he was actually on there and I wasn't. And um, he ended up getting real busy with work and stuff. And, and so he ended up going on and. And I mean, he still comes on every so often and he's still friends with real good friends with us and stuff. But uh, they invited me on to do the podcast with them. And and I was actually doing a podcast with Dan before I started this one, which was called uh, Weekly Gamer. Mm. And we did a podcast about just games and stuff like that. Um, But uh, so then they invited me into this one and I've been doing it, doing it ever since. So So they already kind of had their little dynamic formed and then you had to blend in and. Yeah. Well, I mean, I knew how I pretty much knew. I like, like I said, I mean, I've known them, known them for probably four or five years anyway. And just from playing World of Warcraft. So, I mean, we'd be on vent and playing World of Warcraft and stuff. And I knew all their mannerisms and stuff like that and, and how they interacted with each other and stuff like that. So there wasn't like a real big learning curve for me to jump in there and, and, and take off with them. So that's good. They need they need the grounding as well. I think that you're like that. You're the grounding for that group. <laughs> well, I wouldn't go that far, but <laughs> I think it's neat in the um, episode that we just did that the characters everybody kind of made their own separately, and nobody was was aware of what anybody else was going to bring to the table, other than hey, we kind of said. Um, well, we don't really have a healer, we don't have a tank, and I ended up just picking kind of a healer because of that. But no one knew anyone's race or backstory or any of that stuff. And yeah. it was kind of neat to see everyone come in and have all these sort of weird tie-ins for for the stories. I mean, you know, Matt's character, had his, his whole village or whatever you want to say had been slaughtered by... Um, the undead, which is Daros's character, Re- Revenant, <laughs> and so they have that like rivalry already built in, which no one knew was going to happen. And then, yeah. then Opie's character is like all about the Storm God, and you know my my uh, war priest is um, Storm, a Storm war priest. So we have that kind of commonality going on. And, and you don't remember who you are, so who knows <laughs> yeah. what kind of character? Yeah, exactly. I'm like, who am have. I? That's right. So I think it's going to be a really neat uh, campaign to see how all the characters end up kind of getting to know each other and how the interactions go. So I'm looking forward to it a lot. Yeah, I'm really, really like I like I posted. I mean, I had a blast playing the other night and I'm really looking. I'm really excited for Friday. What are some of the things you think that went well last Friday? Um, Let's see the everything. I mean. The fact that, I mean, and it could be the group that I'm playing with. I mean, there's been a lot of groups that I've played with that if the DM is talking to, like to say the DM's talking to me or you, and some of the other guys are like, well, they're not talking to me, so I'm not going to be paying attention. You know, they'll be off. Now, I can't say that they weren't browsing on the web or something (laughs) like that. But, I mean, they weren't talking or they're interrupting anything they didn't interrupt anything which was really cool um seth was amazing i mean he pretty much just i mean like like you said i mean he was pretty much hey this is this is how this should work this is how this should work and and stuff like that he was real i mean he described everything perfect i mean he didn't say okay well there's some goblins over there (laughs) there's some you got that you got this you know and it was he that was that was about my favorite thing was was playing with seth because he just he he just did it so well he loves those books and he has i mean literally hundreds in the basement of all these different worlds where you can page through and it just shows the characters and kind of landscapes and different stuff which you know is is interesting because he just loves that whole scenario and I think he really enjoyed being able to sit with everyone and just kind of make up a story and paint the picture. So yeah, good. It was it was it was a real, real. It was a lot of fun. What would you say you think we need to improve in the next couple weeks? You know, huh. that's that's <laughs> it's hard. I mean, because I I don't really think anything. I mean, nothing really jumped out at me and said, well, you know, that could be a little bit better or anything like that. I mean it everything's i mean granted we're 
we're playing with some guys that didn't really know how to play and they had a lot of questions, which is perfectly fine. Um, but I, I think I, it'd be I, nice if everyone got a little bit more, there's sort of like a mystique about Dungeons and Dragons where, you know, you have to be, this is a serious game and we're serious and, you know, we are going to just obey the rules and be like this, you know, and, yeah. and I think a lot of their personalities kind of were suppressed a little bit because they were trying to be respectful of the game and, you know, of Seth and of the Dungeon Master. So I think in the future, they'll be more comfortable to kind of relax a little bit and, you know, be a little bit more naturally themselves rather than um, quite as nervous. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and they will, too. They'll open up. Cause, and they, I mean, a couple of them asked me about that up front. You know, they're like, how how should you play this? And I'm like, that's all up to the DM. I mean, because, I mean, like I said, I played with some DMs that are just like, oh, you know, they'll be yakking it up with us, with everybody, you know, just be like, ha, 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 you know, and, and stuff like that. But there's some that are like, you just talked out of character, you know, and it's it's like, dude, it's it's a game. But, you know... We'll let you know, I think, if he's had enough and we need to focus. And yeah. he's pretty good at that. And I was just surprised. Some of the things that were said, I was just sitting there like, Matt, you're not speaking? I can't believe yeah. it. You know, like, yeah. my character's saying she had telepathy within five squares. <laughs> and he said to me later, I really wanted to say, so you'll know when I'm picturing you naked. But I, I didn't. I couldn't say it. You know, like, like there's so many things. I was waiting for him to just jump right in with his usual self. And he was just yeah. so quiet. And, and I just thought it was very funny. So Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, and they've, I mean, they've all played... Like I said, we've all played World of Warcraft. We had raid nights and stuff like that. And when we were in the middle of raids and stuff, I mean, and you've played World of Warcraft, you know how it is. You, mm-hmm. you want to make sure that the people that are playing it aren't... I mean, you can have fun and stuff doing it, but you don't want people, like, being complete fools on there either. So <laughs> right. I think they were I think they were trying to, like, find the happy medium in there somewhere. So Yes. Well, I think we will. And even in episode two, which is already, like I said, recorded and pretty much ready to go out next week you can definitely tell everybody relaxes a little bit and once we get to the fighting and everybody's roles are kind of coming up it, it's neat to see that uh you know there are many times our characters completely whiffed and <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, yep. i rolled a three well you miss you know stuff like that and it was pretty fun what i mean so i mean how how did you I mean, you've played with other people and stuff before. How, how did you think it? I mean, how did you like it? What would you say that you would like to... I mean, you, you said that you mentioned that you'd like to see him, like, open up a little bit and stuff like that. But, I mean, what else, anything else in there that you thought you'd like to see a little bit different? I think once we get more comfortable with our characters, that will help, too. Like, I know with me, Zenatari, I mean, I don't know what a Kalashtar really is. I, I, it's hard for me to even remember that name. You know, uh, yeah. and just knowing, like having that character be something that's familiar to me enough that I can respond in a way that would be appropriate for her, I think is something that each of us will sort of grow into over time because we just have to be that character for a little while. So yeah. that's something I'd like to see because I don't, I haven't thought deeply enough about my particular backstory. Like certain people, like, I mean, Dan was, he spent a lot of time thinking about his yeah. backstory and and I really hadn't thought, like, you know, well, what what would my character do if I was going to say hello to someone? Like, well, how would they say that? How would they say goodbye? You know, just simple things like that, you know, that that make it more fun when you actually kind of use that as part of your, um, you know, backstory. Yeah, so. it was not only that, but how how your how your race and stuff would would interact with a different like say we went into that town and you ran into somebody you know is that somebody you'd walk up and go hey how you doing blah 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 you know or is it somebody you'd be like oh, I don't like you I'm gonna stab you on the head so <laughs> right right all those things so, yeah so we'll see we'll see uh, how this goes and plus I'm I'm also used to the only time I've ever really played before I've always been one character I've been Tentacle and Tentacle is a half elf uh, basically a rogue she's a ranger but she has rogue tendencies or he in this case he and Uh so and so i'm like thinking as tentacle in this in this campaign and i have to get out of that and get into zenatari because my first thought was once we entered that church oh i wonder if there's gold here 
Like, that was yes. my thought. You yeah. know, I even asked that question, and I realized halfway through, like, oh, you know what? My character wouldn't be stealing gold. <laughs> yeah. I have to change that. It was so funny because you walk in, and the first thing, and I played, I played thieves and stuff like that before. In fact, that was my main class that I used to play when I, back in like the three O days, was was thieves and. And when you walked in there and you're like, yeah, I want to search this room. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I know what she's doing. <laughs> yeah, you do. You do. <laughs> so, yeah, I have to, uh, for myself at least, get out of the old character and into the newer character. And I think for some of the others, too, like, I, I wait for the day when they start talking like their character and making sounds. Because I think it's going to be so fun. Yeah. You know, we're not there yet, but maybe halfway through or so. It'll be very fun. Oh, yeah, and they will, too. But it's nice to have a group of people, you know, maybe other than just myself and one other person in the Dungeon Master. And that's what makes it really easy about doing things with Geek Bits because, you know, there's sort of like a built-in pre-friendship. You guys all know each other so well, and I feel like I feel like I get along well with all of you. So oh, yeah. it kind of just flows, and it's not so much work when you're just stepping in with someone you don't know that well, yeah. you know. Yeah, exactly. And and like I said, I mean, you you been on talking to us and stuff enough that you pretty well you pretty well know our mannerisms and stuff like that and and how we'll how we'll react and stuff like that to different different things so yes okay i'm gonna show show yeah listen i'm going to play (laughs) that's the word play i'm gonna play a clip of episode one which is titled h1 um something. What is it? The Guardian? H1 and 1? H1 and 1? No. H1, the gu- I think it's The Guardian or something like that. I'll find out and post that on the site. <laughs> Welcome to the show. I'm Genesee. I'm Matt. I'm Dan. I'm Opie. I'm Dave. And I'm Kinzian. And this is Death D4 Dishonor. Today is Friday, May 12th, and this is episode 1 in a weekly series following a group of friends playing Dungeons & Dragons. This is hosted by the Gray Area Podcast and features the Geekbits Podcast members. Today we create our characters and begin the campaign. Tinzian, our Dungeon Master, you are a go. Thank you very much, and thanks for all of you for joining us. Uh, This is going to be an initial outing onto the Keep of the Shadowfell. Adventure. It's known as uh, H1 or version 4.0 uh, of Dungeons and Dragons. Shadow fell. Write it down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Good to go. Good to go. <laughs> I'm going to be the dungeon master for this particular series, and uh, I myself started playing the Red Box back in Boy Scout camp around age 10. So. I played up through the various versions, but uh, this is going to be the largest group in a while that uh, I have led through a adventure, and I look forward to it. So, the best place to start is with the characters themselves. So, let's say, Matt, would you go ahead and tell us uh, the name of your character, a little bit about you, uh, and we can go forward from there. Yeah, um, my character's name's Kurik. He is an elf hunter. Um, he is, he's a young elf at, uh, 120 years old. Um, cause el- the way I understand it, uh, the way I think about it, elves age differently. Yep, yep. Um, so he's, uh, and I don't know, I guess that's right. Um, he's, uh, he's, like I said, he's a hunter. He's at home in the woods. Uh, he's a tracker, a stalker. Um, you know, he's. Stalker? He's, yeah, he's, 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 a, he's a stalker, right? He uh, he hangs out by the middle school. No, um, he uh, uh, he's he's at one with nature. Um, he comes from the high forest in the uh, the northwestern region of. Um, somebody help me out, Dan. What's the map <laughs> that we have? Oh, of the Forgotten Realm, Faerun. Uh, yes, yeah, the, the northeast. The, I'm sorry, the northwestern region. Uh, the high forest is in that region. That's where he comes from. Um, he's, he's kind of a, he's, he's somewhat of a loner due to the fact that, uh, his, um, I don't want to use the word tribe, but his, his, his family, his, his extended group, his, his clan, basically. Um, when he was out, uh, when he was very, he was out hunting by himself one day 
and his entire tribe was for for unknown reasons was wiped out by the revenants. <laughs> oh, uh oh. He's the last, not the last of his kind, oh. just the last of his of his clan or tribe, if you will. So he's, he's the last starfighter. Yeah, so he's not very happy with with that. Right. Wow. Awkward. Trouble brewing <laughs> on the horizon. <laughs> Dan, oh, do you so wish yeah. to counter? Yes, I would. All right, my character originally was named Daros Davenshire. That was his surname when he was alive. Uh, the Davenshires lived outside of Hardcastle, which is out in the Shar. Plains and forests and things like that all around him. Grew up in a small family. His father, Tywin, his mother, Meredith, and his little sister, Ileana. Um, they lived on the outskirts of town due to the fact that his mother was an elf. And it wasn't really looked upon as a good thing in their village. So they kind of stayed on the outskirts of town. But everything went along as long as they kept their distance and, you know, kept the peace among town. Um, Tywin, his dad... Uh, is well known in the area. Uh, he was part of the local militia. He was a do recon for him, do scouting for him. Uh, but he's also known as a great hunter, and a lot of people would take him out because of his ranging abilities. And Daros, when he got old enough, started going with his dad. And he took to the abilities really well because he has these heightened senses due to his mother being an elf. He's a half-elf. Uh, on his 18th uh, birthday, he joined the militia with his father and became the best one out of all of them for scouting and ranging. Uh, but something tragic happened on his 24th birthday. On that night, a band of three thieves broke into their home and slaughtered his family right in front of him. And killed Daros in the process after killing all of his family right in front of him. Uh, knowing of this, after his death, the Raven Queen um, brought him to court which she usually didn't sit in very often, but she came to this one due to the, uh, uh, the heinous nature of his death and um, gave him the chance to have his life back and finish his, uh, his deeds or follow, finish the story and finish out what he wants to do because what he wants is revenge for the death of his family. Um, so now he walks around. He's a loner. He's very pale-skinned. He wears a cloak and a hood so no one knows who he is. Uh, kind of keeps to himself. Stays in the shadows. Never, venture, never ventures into a town unless it's nightfall. Stays in the back corners of taverns where he hears news and things like that of going on, goings on around the, the country and whatnot. Trying to find these thieves. He's also implemented himself into a bunch of band of thieves with his already inherent abilities to use these uh, stealth abilities and whatnot. He's joined these bands of thieves so he can infiltrate and find the people that killed his family. And I'd also like to point out he was never with any other remnants, no matter what elves died. I'm just going to throw that out there. <laughs> he wasn't even there. He doesn't <laughs> he know there. anything about that. You know, never heard of it. He's a loner. He is by himself. So. Okay. So, uh, Genesis. Okay, uh, my character is Anatari. She's a female, good-aligned Kalishtar war priest. Um, the Kalishtar are an interesting kind of race. They're like a combination of a race called the Quarry, and they combine together to make the Kalishtar. I, I don't know the other race. It doesn't say. Um, and they're from the nation. She's from the nation of Adar. And she has psionic powers. And when she was born, there was a prophecy saying that she was going to go out and battle with the uh, Path of Shadows. In in the Kalishtar, there's sort of the Path of Light and the Path of Shadows. And the Path of Light, try the people in the Path of Light try to help kind of the age turn over and time continue on. And that. The Dreaming Dark are like the Path of Shadows, and they try to keep time from continuing on and, and try to end the world, sort of. So she's kind of left uh, Dark War, which is the main city in, in Adar, and gone off to sort of seek her destiny of, of how she's going to fight the assassins of the Dreaming Dark and, and where they are. So she's seeking them. Um, that's pretty much about her. Very good, Jency. Uh, anything else left to add? Um, I, I don't know. I had never seen the Kalashtar before. When I was reading about them, apparently the quarry are kind of spirits that inhabit 
these hosts and when they have a child the child has the memories of the mother or father and they share the memory so it's like the entire race has this imprinted memory through thousands of people that they all share so they're kind of like one people in a very real sense so it's very rare for them to leave um doll quar and venture out so this is sort of an anomaly kind of girl but it was a neat a neat race to look up i liked it uh dave okay um i created a um Mentar Barbarian uh, named Eldrock. Um, not really familiar with my backstory at this point. Um, I was uh, unconscious, came to about five days ago. Wow. Uh, to, uh, <laughs> trying to wow. figure out um, pretty much where I am. Um, I know that uh, I know I'm supposed to be looking for somebody, not 100% sure who. Uh, trying to <laughs> awesome. find somebody that might be able to recognize me help me out a little bit um but uh yeah so i'm working on uh it i know that i'm pretty okay with with being around groups of people and stuff like that i, I get a, get along with the people that i've run into so far pretty well um i do know that uh i don't take kindly to people trying to mess me over and <laughs> watch uh, out for the revenants I will, uh <laughs> Did I mention my character really likes hamburger? Wow. Yeah, is your last name born? Yes. Exactly. <laughs> uh, first name Wolverine. Eldrock born. Yes. <laughs> so uh that's pretty much uh that's pretty much where I'm at at this point. So Cool. I actually really okay. like that story. That's good. OP, go ahead. Um uh, my character's name is Bosk. B O S B O S C. Like a bosk. Like a bosk. Anyway, I have a Goliath uh, knight, in which a Goliath race is one of the largest races that I guess you wouldn't call them human. They're Goliath, but they're a human like race. Um, basically, uh, the backstory of my character is um, his family was um, attacked and sold into slavery, and he was raised an orphan by a dwarven village um so basically he was a goliath raised by dwarves oh. and uh he was taken in by uh some dwarves in the uh, ice rim mountains um in the realm that we're playing and basically being a, a goliath in a dwarf city he had his troubles with his size and so to speak so everything that was built in the city had to be a custom or had to be you know customized for him he also was always picked first for all the sporting events that the dwarves had in their city because he was apparently, you know, the biggest and the strongest um, person there. Um, basically, his athletic ability um, portrayed him on to join the military, so he was uh, um, skilled in all the professions uh, of the dwarven army and uh, eventually was knighted by the dwarf king. So um, he is on a mission. His main goal in life is to one day find his parents, and if they are still alive, maybe conquer uh, those who took them. He doesn't know who he took them. He just knows that they reside in the south, in the far south. So his journey is going to begin here soon to uh, make his way that way to see if he can find any clues. Um, he is a very loving, um, sort of uh, protective, uh, good Goliath. Um, being grazed around all those smaller races, he sort of Everyone looked up to him as as a larger figure, as a role model, model just based on on um, based on size alone. But his bio, you know, his bio says that uh, he had a steady um, diet of malt, ale, and uh, red meat growing up. So he's a rather large, <laughs> seven awesome. foot dwarf. He's about thirty <laughs> years old, so he's reaching his uh, he's reaching into the mature years of his manhood. So he's ready to take on any challenges. Excellent job. As a bit of uh, background information for people who are listening, this is a new campaign using the H1 series as I mentioned before. All the players are starting as level one. Now, this is a very uh, eclectic group of races and people. We're not necessarily following the standard format for a fourth edition adventure. I gave permission under house rules to allow them to create their characters under the mm, 
umbrella of the Forgotten Realm series uh, from previous versions of the game. All of the characters were built with the uh, Wizards of the Coast authorized character builder. So the stats work, the talent cards work, everything is there. They are just allowed the breadth and realm of the Forgotten Realms. There will be portions of time where I'm going to be referencing um, a video camera or an image. I'm going to be using uh, a whiteboard and my video camera on Skype to pass along map information to members of the party. This way, instead of me trying to describe a room, I can do a rough sketch of something, show them where some of the major things are, and then we can I can continue to verbally flesh out the room and answer questions. So. For those of you who are not part of this, uh, you're just going to have to kind of follow along with that, but excellent. Using house rules uh, is sort of a trademark and enjoyment of mine, so there may be times where uh, things do not stand up to canon or um, some rules may change arbitrarily based on portions of the story where people are at. This okay. is largely intentional, and there may be pauses as portions are added in or uh, adventures off the written uh, module happen. So um, let's get this thing started. I will present a little bit of a backstory here. Oh, uh, in addition, um, some of the most of the players here have uh, not had previous experience with D and D. So they have asked me to go somewhat slowly through certain combat events and events until they're comfortable, and then things will pick Very up. Slowly. So, Very slowly. Very uh, slowly. Thank you, Dungeon Master, sir. And I am, I am most happy to do that. So if you are a seasoned role player for D&D, &D and this is going to go slow, Wait till or may go three. fast, but this is You'll get a kick our adventure, out of and if you want to do something, or you want to disagree, or you want to comment, you can go to our website at uh, deathd4dishonor.com, leave comments in the discussion area, and we'll be uh, happy to discuss them. <laughs> I can see it now. You guys suck! You're slow! Great. Helpful comments. We are having fun on a Friday night. Yeah. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Let me uh, read the setting information that they give for this module, and then I'll go over briefly what some of the threat is. I don't expect you guys off the bat to understand what some of this threat information is, so there may be a period of question and answer afterwards. Perfectly fine. <coughs> Realms both wondrous and dire border the world. One such realm is the Shadowfell. Although not inherently evil, the Shadowfell is fraught with dangers, and the barrier between the worlds seems thin at times. Sometimes darkness breaks into the light. Nearly 200 years ago, a cult of the demon prince Orcus purposely created such a gap, connecting one of Orcus's unholy Shadowfell sites to the world. Skeletons, zombies, and farler creatures flooded through the rifts into the light of day. The Empire of Nereth dispatched legionnaires to eliminate the threat. The Empire soldiers destroyed the undead, sealed the opening, and built a keep to watch over the location and contain the threat. This is a site known as the Keep of the Shadowfell, where our adventures are going to be. Decades of peace followed, and the village of Winterhaven arose within sight of the keep. Eventually, the great fort fell into ruin and its grand purpose forgotten. Today, it is seen as a harmless tumble of stone and wood. If only that were true. Threats. Time passed and empires fall, and even Nereth wasn't immune to the ravages of time. The once great human empire collapsed almost a century ago, and only the memories of its glory remain. Deep within the ruins of the keep, the magic seals crafted by the Nereth wizards continue to protect the rift. The time has begun to erode even this powerful magic. Moreover, the cult of Orcus has returned to the site, intent on finishing what its ancient brethren started. The cult seeks to open rift of the Shadowfell. However, the magic seal has, yes, has so far frustrated the cult's intention. Time, however, is on their side. 
Unless the cultists stop, the seal will collapse and the passage into the Shadowfell will be open anew. If that happen, Winterfell will face the threat alone. Leagues of dangerous roads separate the village from its closest neighbors. And the place has always stood as a point of light in the ever-growing darkness. Even so, Winterhaven won't stand long against endless swarms of ravaging undead. The cult of Orcus seek to open the rift, establish a foothold, and launch further atrocities against the world at large. This is known as out-of-character information. Portions of this information, such as Shadowfell, the fact that there was once a cult activity here, the fact that there is a keep, are possibly known to the characters if they are from this general area. If not, they may be summoned from other means to this area. The large part about the Cult of Orcus is unknown to the characters. Please treat that information as out of character. I'd like to say thank you to my sponsor, Maphook. Please join my group, The Gray Area Podcast, on Maphook if you would like to support the podcast, or you can click on the sponsor link on my homepage. Join me on Twitter as at Gray Area Podcast and join the conversation daily. You can also visit Genesee.com to add to the discussion on this episode. If you have any gray areas in your relationships or just need a new perspective, you can email me your questions at GeneseeGray at Yahoo.com. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next week with a new episode. Thank you. That's great. Sure. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, there's the name. What is the name of that freaking episode? I can't open I can't open up Gmail because every single time I open up a, a browser, it's like everybody goes robotic. Really? Like, yeah, you have to listen to the episode um from D4 because everybody was putting up pictures of their class, you know, and stuff. Uh-huh. And I wanted to put up a picture of a Kalashtari so you could see what she looks like. And the second I go to do a search on Firefox, it's like, like, ah!